How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This week on Pop Gaze. We talk Sia's new movie. Harry Styles and Vogue. And gay icons. Woo! Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm Charlie. And I'm Aurelia. And welcome to Pop Games, a pop culture podcast for postmodern queers. For postmodern queers. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Hi, how's friends. it going? I'm good. How are you guys? Feeling so free all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good vibes. I've just come from a friend's engagement drinks so i'm a little bit buzzed oh <laughs> congratulations yeah. yes that's so exciting yeah it is she and her now fiance got engaged just two days ago oh. and so we all just went around to her place this morning and just had some champers and some party pies yes. It, it yes. was so needed, not just for like their relationship, but after lockdown, holy hell, have I missed mm. just seeing friends and chilling. I'm on cloud, Ra- nice... cloud nine right now. You're on cloud right. Yeah, yeah. Right in. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's such a nice way to sort of ease into things as well, even though things have been like open for ages, but like being at somebody's house, having a drink and just like, but how good is like a sparkling breakfast? Truly. I'm already making plans for like a friend's Kwanzaa celebration. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I think I want to have a New Year's Eve party at my house and you're already invited. Oh my God. I was just oh going to say, God. I cannot wait for that. That sounds like the best yeah, thing ever. Yeah. I'm so excited. That party will single handedly save my 2020. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely. Huge things, big things are coming. Yeah. <laughs> the relief I feel having New Year's Eve plans yes. is disgusting like it's indicative of like a, a deep insecurity oh that- my god i agree i feel like new year's eve is always tricky and that's why i was like this year i have wait like living in a nice house with a like large enough backyard i don't want to be talking about whose house we're gonna go to or which bar we're gonna go yes. to 
I want to finish the party in the wee hours of the morning and then yes. go and sleep in my own bed upstairs. Oh my God, that sounds so good. And <gasps> a dream. it's the perfect way to end for me because do you know how I started this year with New Year's Eve? Me and my boyfriend and our housemate went to see Cats. <laughs> Oh, that's what did it, Charlie. Cats triggered 2020. We caused this mayhem. Forget Wuhan, China. Like, they should be arresting you. Yes. We were the only people in the cinema. (laughs) So, like, as it, like, struck 12, like, we were probably, you know, sitting in this empty cinema watching Judy Dench sell herself down the river. Oh, (laughs) my my God. Uh, What were your initial thoughts? Because, like... Stuff had already come out about it. We knew it was going to be shit, and I hate Cats, the stage play, anyway. Mm-hmm. So that was the only thing people were, like, saying was the redeeming quality about it. They're like, well, you know, yes, it's not as good as the stage play, but I was like, well, for someone who already hates it, I'm going to loathe it. <laughs> and so we just got drunk and walked over to Chadston, and it was great. Oh, yeah. so but we did cause this year, so I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, you oh, did. Oh, my gosh, yeah. we're going to fix it. <laughs> Speaking of things we watched, I finally watched the Auntie Donna Netflix show with my girlfriend this weekend. What did you think? Because I was so surprised by it. I loved it. I loved it. And I'd only seen Auntie Donna live once. And I really enjoyed that, but I just didn't have any expectations going into mm. it. But I was blown out of the water. I loved it. Have we you laughed seen it yet, so Jordan? Much. Yeah, I did watch it. I, I felt really bad because everyone was posting about it and I I was going to post, but I was like, I can't post. I haven't watched this. Yeah. And I'm also watching The Crown. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, Cesar, but I need to watch Princess Star. Yeah. I smashed The Crown out in like a day. And Auntie Donna was like, mm, the perfect palate cleanser as yeah. well. And I was just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I fucking loved it. I think it's so nice. And I think it's such a breath of fresh air given the constraints on the Australian creative and particularly comedy industry. Mm. And comedy, I think, is like potentially easier to get over the board than drama. Right? If you're a yeah. fucking soap writer or a drama writer in Australia, like there's nothing <laughs> happening. So it was so exciting yeah. and so good. Yeah. It gives me such hope for the future of Australian comedy because – I was a little bit worried because Auntie Donna is so alternative. And I was like, oh, when Netflix gets their hand in the mix, is it going to, are they going to force them to like water it down a little bit, make it a bit more kind of like PG or mainstream? But they didn't at all. Like I was Mm. watching it just like, this is probably the most absurd comedy on Netflix right now. And I fucking loved it. It didn't seem like Netflix made them compromise at all. It was weird as fuck and I really enjoyed it. And so it's kind of like if if they can get across the board and get a TV show, imagine like, you know, the future for lots of other comedians in Australia. AKA us. Yeah. Us three in particular. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's also nice to like recommend something and be able to say, I kind of know these people. Yes, (laughs) I know. I'm like, that's that's my friend. We met like three times (laughs) we know each other on facebook maybe yeah Um, and i'm like we're we're friends (laughs) yeah i had to like call myself out on that because like i came to my family and my brothers were watching and they were pissing themselves laughing and i was fully like oh my god like mark is like classic like blah 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 (laughs) and then connor was like oh yeah you're probably friends with them and i was like okay no, I have to, yeah, I have to backtrack. Yeah, yeah. I am not friends with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> know them through people who are friends with them and, um, 
I cannot claim. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I have no claim whatsoever to any of them. But they're yeah, lovely yeah. guys, and we have, you know, been in similar circles. Absolutely. When I was doing the Melbourne Uni Law Review, which is like a sketch group, every year they get comedians from Melbourne to kind of come and do like a sort of workshop with the cast. And the year that I was in it, Auntie Donna was the act that they came to sort of mentor us. But this was before they'd blown up at all. Like, this was maybe five, six years ago. And Mm. it was Mark and Broden. And I remember Mark had his shoes were so dilapidated that the sole was, like, opening up like a sandwich. And I remember him (laughs) pointing to it and being like, this is what comedy is. And he was like, as as in, like, this is your future, kids. Like, if you're really pursuing this, you have to be ready to throw everything you've got and then some into this industry. And you have to work your ass off and know that you're doing it for the love of performing and comedy. That was actually really inspiring for me because I was like, I want to do that. And so to see them now have a Netflix special and be like talk of the world right now because they're like charting across the world. Mm, Huge. It's fucking Mm. insane. And like I feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg. I feel like they're about to just take over the world it's so exciting and it's such a like underdog story yeah yeah and because the i feel like we devalue that kind of humor so much in australia like we just the people that we celebrate are like the dave hughes the tommy littles the hamish and andy's who are funny like Mm -hmm. i don't think they're not funny but that's like our go-to in the Mm -hmm. same similar ways that we were talking about everybody thinks of comics lounge as the premier place of comedy in melbourne (laughs) and it's like no, there's like, there's Demi Lardner's, there's Aurelia Sinclair's, there's like so <laughs> many, like, you know, so much like comedy out there. And it's really exciting. It sucks that like, it's such a classic Australian thing where people have to leave. Yeah. Be really successful and then come and then come back. back. But- yeah. Well, Netflix is about to get a Melbourne office. So we're possibly going to see more homegrown stuff. We're possibly going to be co-workers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long ago was that workshop that you did with? them Ali. Uh, oh god five six years ago okay i reckon because this year i was doing the melbourne uni thing and i was like why would you ask me to mentor people i'm no one oh oh my god did you do the review melbourne uni law review yeah yeah i was just doing a little workshop i had no idea what i was doing oh my god well that's what it was you're Um, gonna be (laughs) on netflix and we are gonna ride your coattails oh (laughs) my god if i (laughs) If I'm eating, everyone's eating. Yes! (laughs) And I have no fucking shame. I will cling on to people. Crumb. And some queer podcast is going to be chatting in six years, being like, oh, you know, we're not friends with Aurelia, but we did interact with her. I love that. I love how shit everyone is. Like, we're all so shit. (laughs) In terms of being like, as soon as anyone's successful, we're like, oh, actually, like, Yes. It's Actually, com- we're friends. We're besties. We're friends. Yeah. But, mm. It's like Rosé I- <laughs> from um, Black Pig. Black Pig. I, I yeah, find out she's from Melbourne. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm an OG. Day one fan. Always new. Yeah. Always new. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about day one fans, um, Jordan, you were really excited about Billie Eilish's new work. Yes. So she has this new song, I Think Therefore I Am. Great. <laughs> Love it. 
I always love it. So philosophical, <laughs> I think Def I am. Mm, She's exactly. coming in with the hard stuff. Socrates who? Deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's basically her running around, uh, like, uh, I guess they call it a mall, but like a shopping center at night and nobody else is there. I guess it's like lockdown. She's just like jumping behind stalls, like pouring herself a drink eating food and I was like this is like such a fantasy of mine (laughs) Billy's doing it and I just like it kind of opened up the the way that like creatives have 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 embraced the time that we're in and now we have like because of all this you know access to recording that they didn't have during the Spanish influenza (laughs) we now have like all this documentation of like the way that people experience 2020 and Yes, Billie Eilish is a millionaire um, running around a mall and nobody else can do that. But I was like, that's fucking cool. I love it. Mm. Mm. That was always my dream, being locked in a mall at nighttime with yes. no one being able to tell me to do, eating yes. myself sick. Oh, it's like it's like Willy Wonka, you know, mm. like watching that Willy Wonka scene when you're a kid and they're like pulling gummy bears off trees. Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted, like, when, like, Spotlight would be closing and there'd be, like, the door, like, oh. the bars are coming down, I'd be like, what if I just stayed in and just, like, slept here? <laughs> yes! Yes! Uh, oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> this week, I haven't really watched much outside of Auntie Donna, but I did see a trailer that caught my attention for a show in the UK called Slag Wars. <gasps> yes! Oh, my God, I'm obsessed! And <laughs> from what I understood when I watched it, it's this group of influencers and like Instagram models coming together in a house and competing about who's the biggest slag, right? Yeah, so it's the two cock destroyers the cock Cock destroyers destroyers. you remember that meme jordan of like the two women it's like we're the cock destroyers like they're like cockney i love it i'm so sold on this show keep going sorry i'm just like i love it both of them are sex workers that have become famous for their like vines and stories and that sort of stuff and i think this show is produced by men.com the porn website (gasps) i love (laughs) (laughs) men.com Well, there you go. Oh, my God. I think it's, like, the first, like, born company produced TV show that includes, yeah, they're, like, a cast of, like, Instagrammers and some sex workers and that sort of stuff, but they're all competing to be the next queer sex icon. Mm. Okay. I love this. I thought that it was going to be some kind of, what was that show that was, like... Love Island? Oh, but <laughs> Paris Hilton's new BFF. All of these are such good shows. Oh my God. I mean, now I'm being like transported back to all the times I've been like sitting in front of my television being totally awful to people um, <laughs> in reality TV shows. What was that one? Ladder to Lady. Yes, I love Ladder to Lady. Oh, I haven't seen that. that I would love to see the reversal. Uh, maybe 15 years ago. So they took women who were. Uh, <laughs> you know, loose, <laughs> loose as fuck. They had an Australian one. Uh-huh. And when they, when the, all the girls are on the bus and when the bus pulled up in front of the mansion, they were mooning the mansion. And they're just like messy women who get fucking wasted, dressed like sluts. And I say all this with like utmost admira- admiration. Yeah. And, them, respect. Like, we yeah. respect. And respect. And yeah. respect. Yes. So I thought that that's what this would be, but this is even better. So it's they're, they're competing to be queer sex icons. Go yes. on. What, what else do we know? Their mm-hmm. cast seems to be made up of like gay, non-binary and trans contestants. So it's already off to a cool start. 
And when I was watching the trailer, I don't know if you had this, Aurelia, but I was expecting it to be completely camp and, like, all just for jokes. But then there were some parts in the trailer where it was, like, contestants, like, having, like, really, like, cathartic conversations with each other about, like, what it means to be trans or what it means to be a sex worker or to be black. Mm. I was just like, oh, my God, this show's, like, going there. Like, this seems to be an actual, like, interesting foray into... Yeah, it's very, very intersectional and, Mm. like, it's just beautiful. Yeah, but not taking itself too seriously. Yes. I love British humour. (laughs) Yes. Like, any reality TV show, if the cast is not from the US or Australia, I'm already like so much more into it. Um, yeah. That's why I love the show, The Tattoo of Us. I oh, love yeah. that show. <laughs> it is so oh my good. God. I've never watched a full episode. I'm always watching like the snippets on Facebook. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love there's a segment in it where, because it's Geordie, a lot of them are Geordie Shaw, former cast members, like, and also just random people from the public. But Sophie, who was on Geordie Shaw, I love Geordie Shaw so much for the same reason that I think I love Ladette to ladies. Like, I find something really empowering about women referring to their stinky clunges. I don't know. (laughs) I love disgusting women so much. Oh, my God. What do they call it? Disco clunge. When you have a smelly pussy from dancing too much. Oh, my God. Never heard that. Disco clunge. I love it. But Sophie is on Just Tattoo of Us and her boyfriend designs a tattoo that says Psycho Sophie because she was called that because she's a pretty possessive girlfriend. And in the tattoo reveal, she, like, loses her mind. She's like, I'm trying to lose that image. I can't believe you would brand me with this. Like, I'm not Psycho Sophie anymore. I'm like a whole person. Like, I've been working on myself. She goes on this whole thing, and then it's time for the reveal of his tattoo that she's designed for him. So they don't see the tattoos that are being done on them. And it's her eye right above his penis. And she goes, I'm always watching. (laughs) (laughs) What a bloody psycho. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Psycho <laughs> Sophie. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, there are so many reveals in that show where I'm like, you should be more angry. Or, like, the one person reveals and loses it over something that's fine and then the next person doesn't want to start drama. So they're like, it's cool that you put the word slut on my ass in, like, huge red branding <laughs> yeah. font. But also, was like, a cute one. Have you seen oh, the yeah. cute one? It was sweet. Yeah, no, I, like, I haven't seen it. Oh my god, I, I swear there's like probably only one or two nice ones in the whole show. But there was like two girls who are like best friends or whatever, and they're like really like normie looking, um, for a lack of a better term. And then the tattoos they've designed for each other are really like pretty and like what you'd see on Instagram, like a moon with little things hanging from it. And then it's like. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me, Aww. something along those lines. Or like, love you to the moon and back. I don't know, a paraphrasing, but you get the gist. And oh then the, one of the girls asks the other one if she wants to be her girlfriend, and then they kiss. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. oh, my God. That is so cute. 100% fake, but cute. <laughs> <laughs> no, Charlie, all reality TV is reality. It's real, it's real Charlie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh my God. I feel like Josh and I always talk about we want to submit ourselves for like some dating show just to go on the holiday and then like end yes. up together. Yeah. <gasps> mm-hmm. You lovers blind each other. Yeah. 
god. <laughs> what about the Amazing Race or something like that? Oh god, or, we could never um, do the Amazing Race. Josh is so <laughs> fucking slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, the home renovation one block. Oh, oh the block. Oh, the, the block. block or like a Master Chef type thing. Master Chef couples. Like, yeah. not, oh, not, the what, ones where they come home. What's it called? Come to my house. I make you dinner. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I love I, that. I didn't know what that one's called. Restaurant house houses house rules. What's it? Um, my kitchen rules. My kitchen rules. My kitchen oh, rules. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, um, Pete Evans this week has been ripped off the the shelves of like Big W and Kmart's and that kind of stuff because everyone's just like, we're not going to be associated with this neo-Nazi. I can't believe that's what it took. Mm. He's yeah. been saying shit for years, and everyone's like, oh, when he's saying you should feed your baby bone broth and not milk, that's okay. <laughs> Obviously, being a Nazi is worse than feeding a child bone broth. I don't know. I feel like the two, the Venn diagram on that is <laughs> There pretty... is a big overlap. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is. Uh, yeah. It's wild how much, like, it's not wild. We're, we're not surprised by what humans do anymore. But, like, there is a steady slope from being anti-vax into full conspiracy theory into full anti-Semitism, like, in particular, like, most conspiracy theories, which I found out recently, which was really interesting because I used to say this a lot as a joke, but, like, you know, the the conspiracy theory that the government and celebrities are lizard people in skin suits controlling everything? Mm -hmm. That's actually anti-Semitic. It started as, like, an anti-Jew sentiment that, like, like, Jewish people are running the world. Yeah, that's a common one of people saying... That Jewish people control the media, especially. Or like Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. Or like, what's that family that everyone's talking about? Owning Rothschild. Rothschild? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're like, they've invested in every single war. Yeah, maybe that's more of a comment on rich people than it is on Don't, yeah. religious yeah, exactly. groups. Exactly. <gasps> Jesus yeah. Christ. But Pete Evans can go, surely. Speaking of people who are getting called out this week, someone who I didn't think would be getting called out is Sia. Sia. Miss Thing in her little bobby wig has said some bad things. Let's get into Mm. it. (laughs) So for context, there was a movie, right, that she released. She's about to release next year. But hadn't that movie been filmed ages ago as well? I think it was filmed last year. Last year, okay. And, yeah, it's coming out, like, early next year. But she says that she'd been writing it for three years. Okay, that's what I was seeing. I haven't read a lot about it, but everything I've seen is bad. Can you fill me in, guys? (laughs) (laughs) It is. Like, have you you guys seen the trailer as well? I, like, I don't work, I've worked briefly with people with autism or varying learning disabilities or differently abled people for brief stints. But I, a lot of people in my family, a lot of people in Kayla's family, my partner, they all, like, work in disability. Everybody's kind of connected. A lot of people have family members with autism. And kind of the takeaway from that trailer was, like, this wasn't made for people with autism. No. This is, like... I don't know. It was just, and, and the fact that she was, she said that they originally had hired an autistic actor, but the whole process was too much, like too much stimulation for them. And then you watch the trailer and you're like, no fucking shit. Like, mm. <laughs> look at all this, like stuff going on. And 
some one of the top comments on YouTube was like, "This is clearly made for neurotypical people because it doesn't even this trailer doesn't even have subtitles." Yeah, just to fill people in who might not have even heard about this film and the sort of situation surrounding it is that Sia has written the music and I think also written possibly the script for this new movie called Music, which is about uh, Kate Hudson's character and Leslie Odom Jr., who was Burr in the original Hamilton. It's like them and Kate Hudson's younger sister, who she takes care of, who is on the spectrum. And I think from what I've gathered, the story is loosely that this girl can't communicate with verbally and struggles with a lot of social cues, but that the thing that she is able to communicate through is music and dancing. And so, like, as a trio, they kind of connect that way through music, and it's like the power of music and song, which sounds, you know, really nice and beautiful, but the scandal comes because the girl playing this autistic part is Maddie Ziegler, I think is her name, which is, like, Sia's muse, who is... Dance mom royalty. Dance mom royalty, not autistic, and, like, able-bodied in every way. And a lot of disabled people have come out and said, this is unfair let people play their own parts which is such a thing like that we've been talking about and that everyone's Mm. like being more aware of of casting people in roles that are like written for them literally and her response was also shitty as well because someone someone said oh like i'm like Um, i didn't even get a chance to audition and then see it was like maybe you're just not a good actor yeah. And then there was another um, tweet I saw that Sia wrote that really shocked me because she um, highlighted how many people in the cast were atypical or trans or disabled. So she highlighted, I have X amount of actors who are this and X amount of actors who are that. And I wrote parts for them where they're not drug addicts or prostitutes. What? So she is... You saint! <laughs> She is congratulating herself for doing like the bare minimum of not casting, (laughs) not typecasting or like not even typecasting is the wrong word, but not like writing shitty parts. I have to find this tweet. It's what is with these, like just following on from like Hugh Sheridan's thing as well. What's with Australia, famous Australians getting in the comments, you know, just leave it be. You're doing more damage. And she's Mm. so, like, I don't know. Speaking of the Hugh Sheridan thing with Hedwig, I did want to actually touch base with you guys again on that topic because a lot has happened since we last spoke about the Hedwig and the Angry Inch in Australia. Um, so when we last chatted about it, for those listening, people were commenting online that Hugh Sheridan was the wrong choice in casting for the role of Hedwig, which is true, but it got such a immediate and fiery response from a lot of people saying this is, a, you know, completely unfair. And then Hugh Sheridan started to get on the comments and lashing out at trans and queer people. And it just became this absolute mess that eventually the production company putting on Hedwig came out with an sta- official statement saying that they're postponing the production, possibly indefinitely, to figure out what's happening. And... To be honest, I've had a a lot of mixed feelings about this situation because prior to this whole Hedwig casting, I already felt that Hugh Sheridan's coming out, but not 
accepting any label under the queer banner problematic and mm-hmm. as a career move. Then when I found out that he was cast as Hedwig, one of the most signature genderqueer roles that is, like, out and proud and, like, also possibly the first time in Australia of having such a signature main stage musical like that, I thought that was the wrong casting. But I think there is something that has to be discussed about the queer community. We want so passionately to tell stories the right way which is the right way to be. But in this instance, this could possibly mean that this musical doesn't go ahead because they were being put on during the Sydney Festival, which they're now not going to be able to do. So they lose all that money. Then there's all that marketing and everything that goes down the drain. And it's not just a guaranteed in this COVID climate as well, when it's hard enough to get people in the doors, to get bums on seats and to put on what is a queer musical, it is sad to me, despite the fact that I agree that Hugh was the wrong choice for the role of Hedwig, it is still really shit and sad that we may have now, like, lost the ability to have this show on in our country altogether. Yeah, I agree. I've been very tentative about this because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. No, I think we can be sad that it's gone, though, mm-hmm. a thousand percent, because it also feeds into that narrative that, like, well, if this cis white het man can't do it, not het, not, what it, nothing man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If this man can't do it, then nobody can. Nobody else exists as well. And, I, yeah. And it's also just disheartening when artists lose jobs as well because there were other artists in there, you know, um, Casey Donovan yeah. was in it who was, like, one of the, the best performers in music theatre, I think, mm. in our country right now as well and also, like, uh, First Nation. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This woman yeah. in lead roles in musicals, which is sick. Mm. What do you think around it? I definitely think like it's a broader issue right now in the queer community, but also in general where 
I think as people get more quote unquote woke or more aware of things, we're realizing that all these things coexist. Like mm -hmm. I remember when the election first happened and the US people were obviously happy that Biden got in, but also acknowledging that he's yeah. not a good man, <laughs> like that he's done heinous war crimes. But we're still glad he got in opposed to the greater evil, right? So you, mm. you're feeling some type of way that's contradictory. Yeah. And it tears people apart. That's why I think everyone is so divided, but it also tears you apart inside because you're like, well, you can have the queer movie with the straight actor or you, you're not going to have a queer movie at all. Mm. And like, what do you pick? Would you rather have the imperfect movie, album, whatever, or not have it at all? And I think that's the same thing with Sia being like, I found her tweet where she, um, she exactly lists who she had. And then she's like, nobody even gets to bloody see it because of this. And it's, it's so hard to say like, this is what it should be. Mm. But at the same time, it's, it's easy for us to say, this is what it shouldn't be. Like, yeah. If, only we had had the foresight to not cast Sheridan in that at all and like put the right person in it in the first place. If Maddie hadn't been cast as an autistic teen, which she isn't, mm. if only like everything had been like correct from the first go, we could have all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also, if we're going to take away from this for future productions, it's, Nice to know that producers also know that it is a financial risk to not cast correctly. That's so mm. true. It's like an expensive it's, lesson. Yeah. 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 But I think, uh, I think you're right. It's, we should be outraged that this story is not going to be able to get told because of a fuck up from up above. Mm. And like, she, Sheridan's not the only person in that production. Like, there are now yeah. all these artists that, I don't know, just something about this climate right now. Like, are we really so angry about a man who, because like Hugh Sheridan is queer. It's just, he won't, he doesn't want to label himself somewhere within He that. won't even say the Q word. He just won't say mm -hmm. it. My issue is not that Hugh Sheridan isn't queer. My issue is that Hugh Sheridan isn't A, genderqueer, but also yeah. B, Hugh Sheridan isn't an out, like, present mm -hmm. presenting like he doesn't he's not an activist in the community he doesn't side with the queer community so it would be very dishonest for him to take on such a signature role like Hedwig mm. I don't know it's a lot and I think as a community I actually hope that this is a learning moment not just for the producers of shows but for us as well about how we what you said about like simultaneity Aurelia is so true. Like, I think we need to be able to kind of hold two things in the balance a little bit better because it is not as simple as, Oh, Hugh Sheridan is the Ron Hedwig. That production should, you know, no one was calling for it to be canceled, but mm -hmm. we like, we should have acknowledged that this company can't just like snap change. Like we should yeah. have acknowledged yeah, that, right. that we, we have to give like an alternative as well. Like we need mm. to find a way to be like, what's the, the middle ground right now. That's the best of two evils. And I hate having to pick between two evils. And we've chatted about that syndrome for queer people on the podcast a lot, mm. but mm. picking between two things at least gives us the choice rather than just getting nothing. Like, mm. you know, I, sure. I'm as a, as a diehard Hedwig fan, and as a genderqueer music theatre Australian performer, 
this musical meant so much to me and I'm like really heartbroken that it won't happen. And even then, I feel like some of the people that were calling it out wouldn't have even gone to have seen it no matter who was in the role. Mm. Yeah. Like, what's what's the the point? Yeah. And it also, like, I mean, even the fact that, like, some people probably might not have bought tickets probably speaks volumes to the gatekeeping within music theatre and the music theatre world too. So perhaps the, the other side of that as well is perhaps if they'd had this iconic role played by someone who does not identify as cisgendered, that it could have opened the door to a whole new array of performers. Mm. I mean, like, if we look at what even Hamilton in the US did, and we've spoken about Hamilton a couple times <laughs> yeah. on this podcast, but, like, it, that changed the, the format, and I'm so excited to see what the production in Australia is going to do for young performers too, like, who didn't know that this is something that they could do. And I think that I get what you mean. It's like we don't we don't live in a utopia yet. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't yeah. live in this queer utopia. It's like when as much as I would crave to see a high quality rom com that is gay <laughs> where it's just about gay people and it's like ten things I hate about you. Or not even ten things I hate about you. I'm crazy talking rich Asians. Yeah. Oh my god. Crazy yes. rich Asians but gay. <laughs> Yes. yes. Like, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Crazy yes. rich gaysians. <laughs> yeah. I mean, perfect. Yeah. But it's like, but at the same time, like, we have, it's just, it's just because we're, you know, we're so hungry for any content that's relevant to us that yeah. unfortunately all we get are these harrowing stories, especially trans. It happens with gay and queer characters too, but these trans characters go through harrowing things and they yeah. get played by Jared Leto. Which is harrowing in itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So we can't, like, we, we're just not, we, we're not spoiled for choice like the hits are. No. So mm. we just constantly get thrown the same thing. And then something like that, uh, Kristen Wiig, a uh, Kristen Wiig, that's a lie. I'd love <laughs> to see that. Uh, Kristen Stewart. Christmas movie yes. is coming out and people like it's hilarious because like the premise of the film is that her girlfriend can't come out to her family or is scared to come out to her family mm-hmm. and we're literally like yes iconic yeah. <laughs> like, yeah like why can't it just be like meeting the parents yeah yeah like why is that not no mm. it has to be about the trauma and yeah the uncomfortableness and like and this is mm. that thing it's like obviously we want the world you know we want the utopia right now and we're also part of that queer progressive bubble that regularly talks about these things and understands Mm -hmm. the nuance of them but the fact of the matter is the mainstream the bulk of people don't know about things to this level don't understand it don't care about it yeah to the level that we do so a movie like that to them would be door opening you know, mm. a movie like that on that scale would be huge. Having Hedwig, even if it was performed by fucking Rob Mills, oh, it would be stop. like, <laughs> it, yeah. would, it would be like if someone, if queer kids could go and see Hedwig, that could change mm. the landscape and mean that the next musical that gets put on could have, you know, I don't know. Like we just need to yeah. be less, I don't want to say cancel culture, but and I'm trying to exercise this in myself. Mm. I want to be more able to be on the path 
rather than thinking that it has to always get to the end point right now. Like sometimes what's the bridging where in where like, how do we get to this point? Mm. Because especially with something like music theater, which is, you know, makes you want to give up on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm in that stage where I've like, I don't like, especially Australia. and, And most of my friends who are music theater performers are, seeking alternate study because they're just like, no, I don't want to be part of this industry. My, yeah, you know, I went to university and one of the catchphrases was stamp the camp Mm. because the boys were all learning. Most of the boys in my year level were queer and they were 18, 19 years old and they were being told the only way you'll get hired is if you can convincingly play straight mm. convincingly but and the boys who were more het appearing were rewarded i would have been given nothing they would have just been oh given my the crumbs. God. <laughs> really. and my whole thing which is probably what stunted me coming out for so long is i had to be feminine every character i got because i was being challenged or broken down or whatever the fuck they do at these schools i will say that i did have a good time but when i think back on it, stuff i'm like oh yeah fun trauma yeah um <laughs> But I like my whole thing was femininity. I got paired up with my friend and we did this, one of my best friends, and we did this scene from Miss Julie and it was just about him being masked and me being feminine. And there was no, I felt like there was no nuance. There was no mm. character development. It wasn't about the relationship. It was about him being masculine and me being feminine. Heteronormativity. Mm. Yeah. Yes, and that completely like, Erodes everything. Anyway, yeah. I don't know why I went on that tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, um, yeah. What that yeah. reminds me of is um, Harry Styles' Vogue cover, which oh, is yes. so widely shared of mm-hmm. Harry embracing both, and which was actually even I saw all these other posts, which remind me of that whole cancel thing. That were like, well, Harry didn't start this, and then they shared mm-hmm. all these other like queer and androgynous like men who love dressing up and like obviously harry didn't start it but he's doing it now and that matters but there's so many like people we can look at as icons when you think of prince and just bending the gender norms leads to so much more interesting art music cinema i kind of like for me because i i couldn't give a shit about harry styles wearing a dress yeah i know i'm in such a bubble that i was like like oh nice and then all the stuff came out i was like oh okay (laughs) but i know that this would be like huge for a bulk of people yeah you know and like even then the dress that he's wearing was so like downplayed and then he has like the blazer over the top so it felt Mm. like a cop-out it's like oh it's like yes i'm wearing a dress but i've still got this kind of stereotypically male i don't know it 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 felt like trying to do something androgynous but not kind of go there fully i don't know yeah um but it is cool and it's nice to see gender fluidity in clothing but Mm. yeah i just to me harry doesn't even like register on the spectrum of excitement you know like i I think of people like billy porter you know rocking up Mm. in his huge like you know ball gown thing and that to me is exciting you know that's someone who's just going there and not yeah. for a magazine cover for an actual event. Like he's in it socially. Like mm, absolutely. This would mean a lot more to me if Harry was in this kind of day where when getting shot by the paps, you know, but mm, he's not going to yeah. be in that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Jaden Smith did that. 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I was much more excited by Jaden Smith. Like, that's mm, someone yeah. who I'm kind of like, oh, that's cool. That's kind of genderqueer and yeah. mixing it up. I think that people are so, like, we have, so, like, full-on, like, amnesia on this stuff. Like, this is cyclical. The same stuff was happening when Prince and David Bowie were being genderqueer as well. Yeah. And people were freaking out then. It's happened. It's happened for centuries. Men played women in Shakespeare. Like, <laughs> like it's not, it, when people like, this is just, gender norms being thrown out the window. I was like, gender norms are relatively new. Like, they're a relatively new yeah. concept yeah. that we've created. And I will say, though, that, like, as much as there are people existing in the world who this isn't a fashion choice, this is their life, mm. it's not a statement on Vogue, like you said, Charlie, there's people walking <laughs> around the street yeah. who... People don't see as the gender that they identify as wearing clothes. And it's, and, and that's a completely different situation. But I think it's, I think it's pretty powerful. I think it's great that like one of the potentially most desired men mm. in the world yeah. by women, which again, we don't live in this utopia. So getting desired by women <laughs> is still ideal, but. I think it's interesting. I did see someone tweet who I think has definitely said some controversial things about trans people existing very much a Jordan Peterson vibe mm. but he put out this tweet being like heterosexual women be honest would you find this attractive if it wasn't Harry Styles in a dress like just be honest and it was really interesting because I was also like I don't understand this isn't about being attractive and like also I'm a queer woman I find this attractive does yeah. my like does my opinion not count like oh, I guess I'm not the norm so yeah therefore it's not that is an interesting question though because I think that's there's like I don't know not to judge straight women but I feel <laughs> no do it do it <laughs> I think it's that whole thing that guys bring up all the time where they're like oh if Brad Pitt was stalking you, you wouldn't be mad, but this guy's mm, ugly, so you're mad. Yes. So, of course, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You do, when someone pays attention to you and you find them good looking, you're like, amazing. If you don't find them good looking, you're like, what the fuck? But I also think a lot of the women listing of a Harry Styles chiseled body in a dress yes. would see someone who's non binary or trans and fat and queer and they're dressing that way just not Valentino Couture and Chanel. Hmm. And they look at that and be like, what is this fucking freak doing in my gentrified neighborhood? Yeah, that's true. Hmm. But then there's the other side of me that's like, oh, maybe these head cis women will have kids that then want to play dress up and wear a dress. And then they're like, that's fine because Harry did that. <laughs> and Harry's yeah. part. And my little child might be like that but mm. as long as they're good looking and they make lots of money and they're on vogue magazine it's fine yeah i base most of my decisions on what did harry do <laughs> <laughs> let me let me see if harry has done it yeah so <laughs> yeah i think it's really i forget the significance of stuff like that because it's such a um i don't want to say non-event because it is an event but for, for us we would have seen that and also, he's been hinting at this stuff for ages. He wore a mesh shirt to the Met Gala. Like, yeah. <laughs> Risky of him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Hold the press. That's... 
<laughs> Honestly, um, like, it makes me just feel so, like, jaded and, like, I'm just like, what? Like, like it's, it's, just, it's just, like, see it as, like, news items. I'm like, how is, what? Yeah. But I, yeah, so it's not for pieces. me. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. for the person who reads The Herald Sun and needs to mm-hmm. see something different in their life yeah and some kid needed to see that that's what like i always come back to even like it's that's the shame about hedwig being cancelled that's the shame about all this stuff is like some kid needs to see this it's like shit's creek is so good yeah yeah (laughs) that makes sense (laughs) on a totally different note um have you guys been seeing the stuff about how dolly parton funded the covid vaccine yes (laughs) and i'm like inject it in me dolly yes I would take whatever the fuck Dolly gave me. If she was like, this is pure petrol, I'd be like, yes, Dolly. Thank you, Dolly. Yeah. Yes. If she had funded a, a vaccine that was like 40% successful, I'd be like, I'll have that one. Yeah. I'll take anything. Anything. Uh, have you guys heard the rumors that um, Dolly's gay? I think we started that. there's also like theories that her arm is like full sleeve as well like she has long sleeves all the time and she has like yeah full sleeve of tats oh my god i hope they're like lesbian tats as well that is that is hot and gay (laughs) (laughs) i'm happy for her i'm like that was the best news yeah Mm. good on (laughs) her And Zac Efron is stuck in Adelaide right now. <laughs> Did you hear this? No. He's is his filming... girlfriend from Adelaide? No. Oh, maybe. Yeah, Didn't he's dating he... some model, isn't he? I thought he was dating some Australian waitress. Oh, maybe. Oh, my God. Must be nice. <laughs> I think he's filming some movie in Adelaide or South Australia somewhere, but they've just had their lockdown i'm la- i'm only laughing because they're now coming out of lockdown because it turns out that the- it was based on inaccurate information so they don't have to be in lockdown anymore but mm-hmm. everyone was saying oh my god zach efron's gonna get locked down in adelaide and there are all these people like sending like get well soon zach like you can do it zach <laughs> Oh. It's like, what about the entire state of South Australia? Like, nobody oh gives God. a shit as long yeah. as Zach Afrin knows that you want him to be well soon. All is well in the world. Yeah, yeah. All these like sickly fans like showing up with like hampers. Like, do you need anything, Zach? Like, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Look, I've seen High School Musical too. It's warranted. He's an he's a treasure. He's a, a he's national an icon. treasure. Oh my god, that scene where he's in bed on it, where he's like on the golf course and he looks into the river, and it's like his reflection on like MS Paint. Looking back at him, that is cinema. That is Art. that is camp cinema at its at its finest. Yeah. Have you seen High School Musical? Aurelia? Yes, I have. Okay, great. I saw them as a child, actually. I had to go to someone's house and secretly watch them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. worth it. Oh, worth it. Yeah. So good. I love that. Have you guys watched High School Musical, the musical, the series yet on Disney Plus? I did start it. I think I need to, like, in the same way that I need to, like, I had to just leave Shit's Creek on. Yeah. I think I just need to leave it on because I feel like it'll get me. It will it'll catch you in, in the weirdest way. It's so, <laughs> it's so shit. But it's also the best thing I've ever seen. It's just, it's strangely endearing and they have like queer characters and it's just, it's very sweet. Like it's a teen 
comedy and don't take it seriously at all, but it's surprisingly kind of cool. I have a lot of time for teen stuff. Yeah. yeah. That makes me sound like a predator. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I love it. Like my movie and TV taste actually hasn't changed that much since I was a yeah. teen. So it Plus, makes there perfect was sense. No queer movies for us when we were growing up. So we're, we're having this delayed adolescence right now being like, oh, like, wouldn't it have been nice? Like, I look at these movies and TV shows with a sense of nostalgia. I'm like, God, it would have been cool to be a questioning teen and to have a movie, a, a show like this. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, that works perfectly into our Queer and A for this week. <gasps> oh, my God. You guys ready for it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, give it to us. Yeah. Aurelia and I were both like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give it. Give it to us. So this week, Ryan from Ripponley wants to know, who were your biggest gay role models growing up? Uh, and I'm taking this what? to mean like in person or on TV or in film, whatever. Just anyone who had a big influence to you. Chessie from The Parent Trap. <laughs> oh, my God. The chaotic nanny. <laughs> <laughs> seriously um, uh no i don't know because i didn't like i didn't look to people being like i need a gay icon because that's what i am yeah. i was just thinking i am normal i'm a normal regular heterosexual woman yeah, oh my yeah. god i think my biggest icons like in my mind that i really wanted to be like were rihanna and beyonce mm. like they're not gay but like they're gay icons yeah, they are gay icons for sure. And then I remember like the first time of me seeing someone and thinking like they're different in a way that I like, that I'm attracted to, um, was like LaRue. Do you remember her? Oh, yeah. Bulletproof. Bulletproof. Yeah. Short little um, pixie cut redhead. Oh um, I was like yes. secretly like in love with her. Yes. Peter Pan lesbian on Broadway with hair gel vibe. <laughs> oh my god that's just my type yeah. <laughs> um, there's a, there's something about um maybe i brought it up on the podcast before but like uh the, like it's not queer baiting it's queer something where characters that we grew up with if they were portrayed now would definitely be like kind of mm. gay mm. like cat from 10 things i hate about you i was just thinking like yeah. that's probably like a gay icon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. How about you, Charlie? Yeah, who's yours? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I know that Gaga was hugely inspirational mm. for me. And, like, during her, like, Born This Way era, she was so vocal about, like, doing it for the gays that even though at, at the time, like, even going to her concerts and being like, I'm a little monster, rare. Like, I didn't <laughs> identify as gay or queer at the time. But it felt very comforting somewhere in me knowing that like Gaga is cool with it, you know, and yeah. that yeah. she's like a superstar. And so that, that was pretty inspirational. And in TV shows and movies and stuff, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Do you have any now? Like it, well, you're talking about second adolescence as well. And what, mm. what were you going to say earlier? Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say like, I'm still growing up. I'm still looking up to like so many people for different mm. reasons. Mm. And I, I think it's like never too late to find like, someone who inspires you or who motivates you or, or you're mm. like, fuck, I want to be like that. Mm. And it's still Rihanna and Beyonce for me, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and probably Zoe Coombs-Ma, to be honest. Oh, I love yeah, Zoe cool. Coombs-Ma. What a gay icon, yes. truly. Just love sticking it. to her guns, doing weird shit and being like, I'm just going to find my niche and rocking it. Mm. She fucking did. Yeah. So good. 
Maybe the Auntie Donna boys as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Loosely gay icons. Like. My, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> How about you, Charlie? What about, is there anyone now that you're like? Oh, God. I feel like I need to go on Instagram and be like, who, who am I always like stalking? I, I feel the same way. I always have the biggest mind blank when someone's like, who's your favorite comedian? I'm like, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's literally a clip of um, a Billy on the street going up to this person and being like, it's, and she's a woman. And he goes, name a woman. And she's like, ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and she, she goes, And I empathize with that so much. I was like, the oh, second God. I get asked the question, I'm like, that is the uh, vibe. Yeah. I don't know any queer person ever. I don't know anyone. No gay has ever inspired me. Uh, it's that vibe. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think that gay, there's so many more like gay icons when we were much younger and sort of the generation before us were like Celine Dion, Madonna, people who weren't actually gay, but were camp yeah. and being camp and being especially a camp bizarre woman just mm. became this like the prototype for a sort of gay idol mm. and now we're shifting into a world where we have so literally more- gay icons like and gen z have a great obsession with a lot of the up and coming queer singers like you know Troy Sivan or mm. um King Princess Dua Lipa Is Dua Lipa gay? Queer? I think she's queer. Yeah, cuz she dated St. Vincent? No, St. Vincent's, um... St. Vincent de Paul. <laughs> I swear St. Vincent dated Cara Delevingne. <gasps> yeah. Or yeah, something, I think so. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard the Dua Lipa Miley single that just came out? Not yet. No, but apparently it's fucking hot. It oh is. It is pretty hot. Oh, no. I can't watch it. <laughs> I, said, I, like, have a weird thing for Miley Cyrus, but I also, like, I don't know. Oh, my God. Embrace We it. have a complicated history. Oh, my God. Well, currently, Dua Lipa is dating Gigi Hadid's younger brother. Oh, oh um, yeah. what's his name? An- Anvar. Maha. Anvar, yeah. Anvar Hadid, I think, yeah. Nice. Is Dua Lipa, like, 16? Is she one of those people that, like, it's like finding out that Mandy Moore actually isn't that old. They just, like, put her in tank tops when she was 12 and made her sing Candy. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I think she's in her early 20s. Oh, okay, cool. She has the coolest Great. voice. I'm obsessed with it. It's so mm. deep and, like, yeah, it's nice. Mm. And nonchalant. Mm. Like, there's something about – I fucking love that. Same with, like, favourite problematic queen, Lana Del Rey. I love, <laughs> a, I love a lazy voice. Yeah, yeah, and a lazy person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I relate. <laughs> yeah, well. absolutely. Cool. Well, I'm, as soon as we finish this, we're going to be like, oh, and this person, this person, yeah, this person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe we begin next time having thought of it with it for a week with <laughs> – Yeah. Queers that actually do inspire us. I actually love that. Yeah. yeah. Come out with a list each. Let's do it, all right? <laughs> we guarantee yes. we'll come up with it. Fuck yeah. Because we're not basic, all right? Please don't fucking judge us by our shit answers to this question. Right? <laughs> I never think we're basic. Yeah. We'll never be basic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we thanks, gave the shittest answers, really. <laughs> yeah, Gaga. <laughs> Rihanna. <laughs> we, we don't know gays. <laughs> We've never seen one. I've never seen two pretty best friends. <laughs> Always one of them got to be ugly. <laughs> All right, my loves. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at PopGaysPod. And if you like this episode, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, be gay. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.